everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are going to talk about Our Boys. Episode 8 is called, sorry, episode 9, sorry, I had the wrong number there, that's my bad. Episode 9, The Perfumer and the Tanner. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. So, I was expecting like, almost all court stuff this episode, and that is not the case at all. You know, uh, the court stuff, we got a little bit more of it later on, but it did. The, the initial scene ended quite quickly. You know, by the time the title screen came up, we were already out of the courtroom. <laughs> we were already out of there. Um, as was Hussein, of course, which is a big part that happens. Yep, I think I was also expecting just nothing but courtroom stuff, and we got um, a lot more personal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still a lot of everything kind of centered around the courtroom, but this is mostly about the effects of um, Yosef and his decision to <laughs> to plead crazy. To plead, yeah, to the insanity plea, yeah. Uh, he, yeah. You know, he's sitting there, he's not responding, they hand him a mic at one point because he just mutters things to himself when, when they ask him a question. You know, do you understand the charges? Do you understand why you're here? Yada, yada, yada. And he, oh, oh, Foxy sneezing in the background there or heaving more of a heave um just a dry heave she's okay uh which i hope because she's on my pillow (laughs) you okay girl yeah she's all right the tension um i got the thumbs up got the thumbs up yeah Uh, foxy's a good dog foxy will give you the thumbs up let you know everything's okay (laughs) so now hussein ends up leaving in in a rage because he starts like arguing with everyone in the room because He's like, no, that's this guy, that's this Yosef. He's he's faking this. He's faking mm-hmm. this insanity nonsense. Like he's just pretending. And we are fairly positive that he's right. <laughs> like we, yeah, like we're on and his I side. Think, I mean, it's important to know that Hussein's never seen this guy before either. Mm. So it's not like us where we know that he's not actually insane because we've seen him in the previous episodes hussein has seen him for the first time he's like okay this is clearly an act right yeah even, no one's believing this, even right? he's even he's too if you pro- guys believe this then why the hell am i even here even he's too protege as soon as they start talking about his insanity and as soon as yosef starts responding the way he does the two of them are like what's he doing what's he doing yeah yeah <laughs> like what's happening like they, they are just like he's not like this at all we've never seen him like this and they can try right, and tell us his... minors are in the cell together mm. so they have been separated from yosef for presumably a, a while long enough to know that he's different <laughs> he's not acting oh, yeah. himself he uh yeah so he, he creates a lot of problems here where we know this is going to be a problem for for Avishay's case uh, we heard that last episode and that's kind of reiterated this time especially when uh, the rabbi again makes decisions to bring in more therapists because one of the problems they're having in this episode is that no therapist in the country will tackle the case and of course the criticism here is that the reason why they don't want to tackle it is because and this is this is what um um uh, segel uh, the therapist says uh she is like the reason why no therapist wants to take this is because every single one of us will agree that he's faking and that he's not actually mm-hmm. crazy because uh, they bring her in and they almost try and intimidate her there's like a, it do you know the scene feels like it's her and her husband to come in and like this, this head rabbi's there and this other sort of dude who i'm going to refer to as the muscle because mm-hmm. this scene played out like the muscle rabbi yeah, it, it it played out like a scene in like a mafia movie where the muscle sort of leans in and it's almost very threatening. Like, oh, you sure? And we even see the fallout of like her refusing to do this. We see her her clients start refusing to come in. Her 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 assistant uh, quits her job. Like, 
you know, everyone's kind of like black uh, blacklisting her in the community yep. because of this, uh, which obviously... And her, her one client who's just like, you've helped me so much, and he's just apologizing, but he says, you know, he's Cle- just there to pay his bill. Clearly not his choice. This was clearly like his parents or whoever yep. uh, telling him that he has to, you know, stop going. So... But you can tell the genuine sort of side of it where he's like, no, you helped me. I, you know, I really appreciate everything you've done for me, but I, I can't come anymore. Uh, and this obviously ties in t- as well to Simon's plot, who is also being treated poorly by everyone around him. He goes to, uh, you know, Ben David, the, the rabbi, the grandfather, to ask for help with his brother uh, about, you know, sort of forgiving him because it's causing a lot of tension in the family. And the end of the episode, of course, we find out that he, he has... Um, graffiti all over his wall when he goes comes outside saying oh this you know this simon this the shimon from from the the agency is here he lives mm-hmm. here he's a traitor and i felt like simon was the the character in this episode that i more than anyone felt sympathy for because everyone is treating him like he's this traitor like oh you hunt jews like that, that, that's kind of like you hunt your own kind kind of thing and the whole time and maybe this is because i'm like a, not part of this culture, but also on top of that, not part of a religion of any kind, not part of anything. I am like, why do you care? Like, they they killed yeah, someone. If, if someone's a killer, then they're killers. Like, well, it doesn't matter what their religion yeah, is. Yeah, wh- wh- why would you why would you align yourself with people you already know are guilty of this? Uh, That's the thing, right? It, it's almost like it, it's it's shameful for anybody to accuse a jew of anything in their in their culture because it, it's just like a like a, a anything a, a attack on one jew is attack on all of them but they have to realize that i mean nobody is is saying that this behavior is okay everyone thinks that he shouldn't that muhammad should still be alive yeah, the, the wording the wording that i was really picking up in this that was really sticking out to me it sounded a lot like a couple of things it sounded like like when a company doesn't want a scandal to get out, so they'll just bury it within. They want to do that, right? So they're mad for the whistleblower, which in this case is kind of Simon, right? So mm-hmm. they're, they're looking at the Jewish community of Israel as that. And then even the way that they, they kind of want to like brush it away and say, okay, yeah, this this is yeah this is right. horrible, awful what he did, but it's but we both agree it's a rare case. It sounded a lot like a... a like a sexual assault. I said it a lot like when whenever a judge yeah. parts like, oh, this kid's a good kid. He, you know, he made one mistake, but we should let him, like, no, no. Or like the Catholic Church and their cover-up of, you know, pedophilia that's been going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who could forget? Uh, the, the, I, yeah, I, I don't... <laughs> like Spotlight. It was like watching Spotlight. Yeah, Yeah, yeah right. that's what it feels like. It's, it's this cover-up. I think the scene is still the scene with... Uh, with the psychiatrist and the muscle that you referred to. Hmm. I, I think that's what he was saying. Like, look, it's not, it's, don't think of it as an as a, an attack on any one individual, but think of how this will look to the entire world who will be watching this trial. And, I'm going and to, how it's going to look for our religion. I'm going to drop a hot take. <laughs> hmm. i drop a hot take. If you really believe the stuff you're peddling, about your religion, whatever it may be. In this case, it's, it's you know, it's, it's Judaism, but whatever, right? If you're more concerned with protecting the reputation of your religion than actually upholding the values that you claim to preach, then your religion and your community is already flawed and you're already failing to do what you're saying. Hot take. Hot take. I'm accusing these characters of it and 
a lot of other people too really i'm not going to start naming names but <laughs> i mean yeah it's i mean you're right it's it's a it's a bit of a you know when you when you love something so much and something can't be flawed otherwise it's all of a sudden you have to defend a lot more the thing that you love and it's uh it can be you know uh, confusing to your followers and that's not something that um i think anyone there is prepared to do so uh it's uh the way the way simon's treating this episode made me feel sick i'm like he he did his job and they keep trying yeah, you're right and and it's it's not easy for him to say these things about Avishay. I mean, we can see it although nobody else can i think one of the details that we haven't mentioned is even though he's in the courtroom scene nobody can see who he is because he's still technically protected there's a yeah there's a it's like a medical like curtain kind of like around him at the, at the right bench. and they're they're showing the video of the reenactment but he's been blurred out still. So nobody knows who he, who he is. They know. Um, so it's a big deal that the, um, that somebody has pointed out where he lives because a lot of people watching would be like, you're a bad guy for, for hunting Jews. So they called him a Jew hunter in the episode. He's a murderer hunter. There's a difference. There is a difference. Uh, I, I will say yeah. it a million times. Like I, I really like I get really angry in this episode for the sake of Simon because every everything was just coming at him from every side uh, about how he's the villain now because he did mm-hmm. his job properly. And I'm like, no, these people should go to prison. They should be tried. There should be no bullshit insanity plea. And of course, where that goes in the episode is that mm. because no one in Israel will 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 see him, you know, as a therapist, they they, they fly in a Jewish person from America to come in. And he can't even speak, you know, Hebrew or or, or whatever. He 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 comes in, need a translator, and then the, the lawyer ends up uh, doing the translation. Yeah, for him. because the translator who was supposed to be there conveniently didn't show up. But that's okay because this lawyer also speaks Hebrew and English pretty well, so he could just translate for him, which yeah. is uh, pretty gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the American lawyer probably should have been um, a little bit more adamant that they wait for a translator it would only take another hour and a half mm-hmm. yeah a therapist she said lawyer there <laughs> oh yeah yeah excuse me yeah. american therapist yeah but so here's, here's a detail that i love they're going to see see yosef and he comes in and he's just sitting there blankly not saying anything and mm-hmm. the therapist is saying hey you know can you tell me these details can you say this can you say that and he just sits there blankly even after you know the lawyer translates and he's like, well, I can't help him if he's not going to speak to us at all. And he hangs up the you know the phone and stands up. And I think it's very notable that Yosef immediately starts talking and sort of hits the glass and like asks him to wait. And I'm like, yeah, if he was really insane, he seems to be. He seems to be cognizant of the fact that he knows that now having to, he has to speak up because that not speaking was going to get him no help. He seems to he yeah. seems to be aware that he has to get get the 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 you know the testimony of this doctor in court mm-hmm. for his insanity plea to work so all of a sudden it's just like he breaks character for a second because he knows he needs to it's like it's like he's laying it on too thick <laughs> he's like oh i need to break character shit <laughs> or the guy's going to leave i need him to testify oh dear although there is a moment when he's talking where he kind of sounds like he's making an admission to what happened mm. but you know his lawyer isn't translating everything yeah his lawyer has been very selective yeah 
so and i was actually sitting thinking like i mean is this therapist even going to believe like like is he going to turn around and say no actually this guy's well i mean they did say that they're compensating him quite well for yeah yeah well the question then is it's not one that he believes is it as he does he have the morals to stand by what he actually believes i think it's still like he's it seems like he did have some morals when he was ready to walk out and be like well Mm. forget this then just fly me home but um i think maybe he just needs to have enough to work with in order to justify the insanity plea i mean if he doesn't speak the language then how can he really get the intent through what he's saying like i I mean we do a, a decent job trying to because we don't speak the language either when mm. we're reading subtitles and we can we can tell by the acting because the acting is good but who knows like maybe there is something there's probably a lot that we're still not getting through because we just don't know there's a barrier there yeah no i mean like i've spoken about this before but the art of like uh localization with subtitles is a bit of an art form in and of itself because you have to not mm-hmm. just translate the core meaning of what they're saying but sometimes this is the example i always use is that if if they say they crack a little joke with a saying that they have in their language we, that we don't have in English, right? Um, that let's say there's something like uh, the phrase "out of left field," right? Where mm-hmm. they've got their own saying for that that doesn't reference like baseball; it references something like something we could never think of because we just don't have it. We don't have words for these things in our language. So the translator has to look at that and go, "Well, this means that something came out of nowhere. Right? It was a surprise that came out from the side." But mm-hmm. that's not the exact thing they say. But the, the the expression that we might use that has the same meaning is out of left field, even though the words that they're actually saying aren't remotely those words. But that's what the, what the intent is. That's what I mean, in- you say that, but we've we've sort of been getting that a lot of allegories in this whole show about from from the the Torah or wherever it comes from, like the judging by its end and oh, from the, from mean, the Torah, sure. Are- but I'm I'm talking about just terms of phrase that people use in conversation. Sure. Uh, normal things um uh, and that's something that not just in the show just in general when you're translating stuff in the subtitles or whatever that like you have to account for mm-hmm. and uh I, so i think we do a lot better than what a translator would in the sense that not, 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 not that we're the ones translating but in the sense that i think having sitting in a room with a person and having a translator translate things after what they say you have no idea how accurate they're being you have no idea uh the nuance of yeah, some of the things they're saying them. And, and i suppose I yeah mean, why yeah. would you trust <laughs> somebody whose job it is to make sure that they come off crazy and and, and some uh some wise ass is going to say well As you have to you have to trust the subtitles when you're what i was like yeah but like that's the finished product i can only judge it by what we're getting given are you saying you could only judge it by its end <laughs> very good very very way tower's got jokes everyone uh so yeah uh hussein's plot though in this episode uh so he storms out of the the court. In this episode, he he's kind of he meets up with uh, it's like the head of a martyr group. This this uh, this this group run by you know people who are related to martyrs who who have passed on, and he's like very vocal about you know why are you going to this court? Why are you going with them? And then showing up there, and he's very adamant that he's something that he should do. And of course, he storms out. And then he's really doubting, and he's saying to his wife uh, throughout the episode that, you know, I don't know why I ever thought I should go. I shouldn't go. It's a, it's a, it's a whole thing's a sham. It's a whole thing's this. And I actually got the impression, bizarrely, that maybe what's going to happen, and I could be completely wrong here, that she may actually change her mind and convince them that they should go. She seems to have a lot of doubt yeah. in her mind. There, there was a look in I her face. I think a lot of it was also 
during the martyr scene when he was talking, whoever this guy was who's in charge of this committee or uh, who who decides who becomes a martyr and they want Muhammad to be one now. And he was always walking with Hussein and never the mother, even though she's the one we haven't really heard her speak very much. And she started to speak up a bit about mm. what Muhammad was into, like his hobbies and such. And he, she kind of gets ignored and, um, he he's just talking to Hussein the whole time and ignoring what she's saying. And right after that, we get the scene with the, with the psychiatrist and she's with her, I guess, husband, um, who's, who's basically just there for emotional support for his wife. And by the end of talking to the muscle doesn't ever talk to her. He only talks to, yeah her husband the they, entire they, time they start ignoring her and just talking to him yeah uh i think it's a combination yeah, even when she starts speaking up like he, you could see like the muscle rabbi yeah. kind of like look at her like he's a he's about to begin a sentence and talk to her but he still just looks right back at i think her husband the, and just the motivation here is a combination between this feeling that's now coming in here where she's not feeling heard about her own son but also, I think the time that has passed, because obviously at first she was too distraught, she couldn't handle anything, she she had mm -hmm. to lock herself away. I almost feel like she almost, by being ignored in scenes like that, and feeling that she wants to be heard, is almost going to what's, what motivates her into wanting to be in that courtroom, saying, no, we need to be seen mm -hmm. and heard in that room. Um, yeah. And I feel like she's going to actually end up talking him into going back, and like they're going to go together. I think so too. Um, which is notable that also uh, none of Yosef's family are there because we hear Ben Davis like no no we can't have this like you'll be a stain on our family name so not, none of us are going I warned all the family to stay away um, yeah they're not there out of shame yeah so like, I, I think there's yeah there's an interesting motivation piece there where like is, is he going to end up going back with her is Suha going to be the one who says no we should go back we should be there and represent our community represent us because this is not their matter this is our son this is our not martyr but like, this is our loss um and of course the, right. the, he's mad at one point as well because this society in israel put his name up on a wall of martyrs uh most of whom are jewish this is like uh not something he's been asked although suha does reveal there was a phone call that she didn't quite understand because it was in hebrew uh and she she heard social you know services and assumed it was like a money thing and just hung up uh, but it turned out that maybe they were phoning to like either get approval or at least inform them of that this was happening because we see kind of on the news that he's given this plaque and he's like oh and they're getting this monthly stipend because because mm. he is a the a victim of terrorism their Which, families are victims of terrorism they get some kind of monthly stipend yeah now. and he doesn't obviously they don't want to they don't want any money but that does lead us nicely back into the simon scene in court where the lawyer tries to kind of trip him up and say, you know, why is this terrorism? He's not part of a group. He's not got this ideology. And Simon gives this this great little speech about the definition of terrorism. Um, and he's like, yeah, like once upon a time, terrorism was thought of as just, you know, you, you, there's a group, there's an ideology, there's extremists. Uh, terrorism now is morphed. It's different. It can be one person. It can be someone who wakes up one morning and just decides to do something and by the end of the day they're a terrorist and that, that feels very relevant not just for this country and this story but just in general um yeah the idea of what terrorism is um but it doesn't change the fact that the motivations for the crime were still 
based in some form of ideology. It was still based on this idea of of revenge and, and what it was. This, this, this wasn't a murder of someone he knew because there was a falling out and they got angry. This wasn't some personal vendetta. This was, no, we have to strike back at someone from this group of people because we feel mm-hmm. it, a statement needs to be made kind of thing. Uh, so that, that was a very poignant scene. Simon having to kind of like sort of give this definition as the lawyers clearly try to use it as a way of saying like, hey, this isn't really a terrorist. And says, so like, no, it is. This is why it's a terrorist. And and this is Avishay's lawyer. He has a separate lawyer. Yeah. Who has been hired to try to, to try to make it seem like Avishay didn't commit murder. And uh, it's, it's pretty difficult to watch also for both Simon and for Avishay because we know that Simon is sympathetic towards him. Yeah, there's a, scene, there's a scene in this episode where he's with the prosecutor and they're talking about the case and he says, well, all two of them definitely be convicted, but what about Avishay? Like, do you think he should be put for life? You know, away for life was the exact phrase. Like, okay, these two should definitely be put away for life, but what about Avishay? He seems a bit more... And he's like, "Were you kidding? Like, you got you got him on tape saying that he intended to kill." And but Simon still got this doubt. He's like, "Yeah, but like, he's not quite there with them." But he's forced. Basically, the the, the lawyer, Avishay's lawyer, and and the court kind of backs him into a corner where he said where he has to say that Avishay's a terrorist. Like, as as, as Avishay right. this, and he's like, "Yes." Because Avishay needs to, if if Avishay can can be redeemed in some way in this court, then maybe all three of them can. And he can't risk that. Yeah. So it's a really powerful little moment. Uh, and probably the, the, the and dramatic... And the betrayal in Avishay's eyes too and his performance was so heartbreaking. Really, really well yeah. done. It was it was just because he was really counting on them finding Simon to defend him. And um, this, this statement made him realize he has nobody... Except the informant dude who gets out and presumably leads the charge in spray painting Simon's house. The informant who's also an extremist. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, is unfortunate. Like, okay, looks if if everyone believes you're one of us, you're one of us. I love you. He says the words "I love you" mm. to him, which for a, a boy who has nothing, like that would mean a lot. Yeah, yeah, because he's, he's like, no, you have us now, and he's, he's you know, he, he he says a lot to him and gives him a, a book, and he, yeah, it's it's very, it's very much him backing into this corner that he's been put in now, and it may, may be a sign that the system isn't perfect, and has, I mean, obviously we've seen it's not perfect, but at least in, even in this case, it's not perfect in the sense that uh, there's no because of the the perception in the court that the idea of trying to imply one of them aren't as bad as the others it's just a risk of all of them going free so you yeah. have to just treat them as badly even though that doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily the right thing to do isn't necessarily the just thing to do but because of the system he has to be thrown at the wolves with everyone else it was interesting to me that there's been no attempt to have the the two younger guys like sort of testify against joseph like there's been no attempt for them to say hey if you two like get your story together um because obviously we have to fight with them in the cell where Avishay, at the behest of his lawyer, tries to get uh, Yinon's his name, uh, the other one, uh, to admit that he said, "Don't kill," you know, "Don't kill him." At one point, and he's like, "I don't remember you saying that." No, and he immediately sort of gets, "Wait, is your lawyer asking me to say that?" I don't remember him saying it either from the from that episode, but maybe he did. 
Yeah, I, um, I and I just don't remember it. It does seem a little bit like right away his Yinan like sees what Aviche is trying to do. Like mm. th- you are not going to abandon me here. We were in this together. Yeah, what we did, we did together. And you could have left, and you ne- and you didn't. So therefore, you're guilty. And he's got a point. He's not. He's not. He's not pointless in that statement. Like you, you could have tried to stop us. And obviously, there's reasons why yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he's but... letting him know you're not getting out of this. This is you are a part of what we did and it, this is it's one of those if things, i go down you're going down with me had he tried to like stop them and they threatened them and scared them into not fighting back then he could he could make the statement no okay they threatened my life and i was too scared to fight and even though we get the impression that avishay was scared the, there was never actually any resistance against them uh, if he did try and stop them. There was, you know, there was never a point where he tried to actively do something where, oh, then it got scary because then they react and said, "Hey, right. we'll kill you too if you or whatever." Well, I can, yeah, but I can see how the other two were just like, "We know we're going to kill somebody." Yeah, and this is the right thing to do. And Aviche is just along for the ride because he thinks that they're just gonna do something for revenge, maybe. Maybe kill, but that would be more of like an extreme thing that they would probably not do. More just like kidnap and scare somebody. I think maybe he didn't really fully understand the full scope of what, I mean, from what the show has shown us anyway. I don't really know about the real event. And that uh, that Aviche was just like caught up in the, in the mob of it and not really realizing the consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, no, like, but like the other two clearly are like, yeah, we want to murder someone. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, was, that was pretty clear in those episodes. Because they tried at least once before. Yeah, that's why the details it's brought up is that, you know, the other kid was there the night before and they mm-hmm. brought in Avishay because, oh, two of us isn't enough. We, we need we need a third person kind of thing. And Avishay is, you know, a bit more malleable. Like they can convince him that this mm. is the thing to do. But I think the big thing in there, when it comes to Yosef, is this idea that, no, he tried this, this is the second time he tried it. Like, he he had a failed attempt once before, and he came back to mm-hmm. do it again. That feels more planned and thought out than, you know, just insanity. You know, again, that's another reason to suspect that he's yeah, faking it's this. Not a, it's, it's not something motivated just in an impulse. Yeah. In so. that. So, passion of the moment you know because that's one of the things the lawyer wants Avisha to get is to get the other kid to admit that he was there the night before and it was it was Yosef that was there because if you know if he did it twice then Yosef's the one who like well not the only one but he he's then proven to to this is something he was trying multiple times this was so you know um it was a solid episode I, I think the 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 human drama of it is still sort of coming through very nicely and the the intricacies of the court case and the impact that it's going to have on Simon is definitely kind of a not a twist but definitely a darker turn to his side of the story that kind of hurts and I'm very curious to see how we wrap all this up and who and who uh mm-hmm. you know who goes down and uh does anyone get remotely I, a happy ending I'm skeptical I've been constantly impressed by this show and uh yeah I'm very curious about how things are going to wrap up in one episode and i know a couple of episodes ago after the reenactment we're like where do we go from here but i i can't believe it's going to wrap up in one more episode to be honest and the direction's been very tight and it's worth mentioning i'm looking at the uh, list of the episode directors just now and joseph sadar who is kind of the main name or one of the main names behind the show 
has mm-hmm. at least co-directed every episode, if not been the only director. Um, it, it it seems pretty solid, like yeah. pretty pretty much one director, very, one vision, and very consistent. And then the other names that are there with them seem to be the same two or three names that are rotating as well. So it's like there's it a very consistent team with the, the one person kind of spearheading right. it. So that's uh yeah very good so i i'm very excited about the finale and seeing how they wrap this up and mm-hmm. yeah so uh that is episode nine of our boys we'll be back next week with the final episode of the show uh, of the limited series so you can look forward to that uh let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below like and subscribe all that stuff get us on the twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates if you want to support the show you can do that by rating us on the podcast app that you use to listen to this apple podcast being the most notable one give us a nice five star rating uh share us out on the twitters or your social media option of choice and of course you can support us financially tara how can people do that you can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. You can donate as little as a dollar per month, and that dollar gets you bonus features of other shows that we do. We do outtakes now. <laughs> no well, go up for patrons. We do outtakes. That sounds weird. Like we intentionally do shitty bits that we can cut out. No. It's just sometimes we tangent. Yes. If you realize, okay, this is sort of slowing down the show so let's uh let's just put it for the patrons now yeah for <laughs> so what, they get to have our conversation once is a tangent do with the show once is a tangent over four or five minutes so i'll just cut this out and put it on patreon that's a thing now <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing there's been some fun ones that have went up mm-hmm. some fun ones uh, but yeah uh, so check out patreon check out other shows we're doing uh, obviously watchman's coming soon from hbo in a few weeks time we, me and tara will be doing that as well um, obviously we're also doing the righteous gemstones right now which has got a couple episodes left so uh, check out those other shows that we are dis- we are discussing and uh, look for other content that we have such as our sci-fi movie podcast the ace or our horror movie podcast screams after midnight especially this month because it's october and it's the october thumb which means we're having episodes every single day that's impossible <laughs> every day i dare to defy baby i dare to defy (laughs) um we're hoping it's going to be every single day there's a small chance that it may end up being like 29 episodes over 31 days but we're we're doing our best we're doing our best we're gonna hit we're gonna hit that target if i have to drag tim through hell or high water to do it we'll do it damn it but that has been uh our boys episode nine thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys have you got any vanilla <laughs>